Hi, I'm Brady. This is Brady's Corner. Thank you for joining today. Every 15 minutes, we're going to bring you a new business leader. We're going to talk about whatever they want to talk about from their challenges and successes and their journey, where they are today and the things that are near and dear to them. Today, we have a very special guest, Tanya Gitch. She is a CPA and partner at Geffen Mesher in Portland, Oregon. And uh, she is also the first female partner at the firm. Uh, she's also a director of taxation there, heavily involved in their professional services group, as well as high net worth individuals. Uh, welcome, Tanya. Thanks, Brady. It's great to kick off the new year with you. You as well. You as well. And I know uh, you're having a little bit of weather up there um, in, in uh, Portland and, and Oregon in general. So I uh, just hope, hope you all have a, a safe time up there with, with the freezing rain and whatnot. So. It is winter. It's nice that, you know, here in Portland, we have the four seasons, which is what I love about this area. So we'll take it. It is pretty. And you guys have phenomenal trees. We have no trees in Las Vegas. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, thank you so much, Tanya. And, you know, really wanted, um, you know, you to be able to introduce yourself a little bit and, you know, share, share with us um, your, your, um, I guess, a journey in, um, into accounting, uh, your journey to a CPA, your journey to Geffen Mesher and where you are now, and uh, some, of, some of the things that are near and dear to you. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, I joined Geffen Mesher as the first female shareholder in 2013, um, which doesn't seem that long ago, but you know, to some, uh, that's you know, already a career ago. Uh, yeah, and as you said, you know, now I, I'm fortunate enough to lead our, our tax group, which makes up about 80 people out of 150 in the firm. And, and I'm really proud of that group. You know, having spent my entire professional career in Portland, I was really thrilled about the opportunity to join the firm back in 2013. Um, Geffen Mesher's Portland roots go back to 1933, I think it is, when founded by Henry Blower and then became Blower, Geffen, and Mesher in the 1960s. And both Stan Geffen and Bob Mesher are now in their mid-80s and still active in the firm, um, which we're very, very fortunate to have them as mentors. At least I feel that way. You know, the firm is very deeply rooted in Portland business community, having served the same businesses and families for generations. Um, which is you know, partly what attracted me to the firm as well is that I, I really value the relationships that I have with, with clients and, and you feel that throughout the leadership within our firm and you ask the business community in Portland and, and they recognize that as well. So it's something I'm really proud of um, and I'm, I'm thankful to have made that move. Yeah, and everything that you mentioned, you know, based on everything I know of the leadership there, certainly, uh, certainly echoes everything you just said. Um, you know, you you touched on something. You're the first um, um, female partner there at Geffen Mesher, and um, you know, wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, I think the figures from accounting today um, are that roughly 25 percent of owners and CPA firms are women, uh, whereas about 62% of all CPAs are women. And uh, from what I understand, that ratio has been pretty consistent for a while. 
And uh, do, do you care to, to touch on that? Yeah, I know you've done your homework and it's true. Unfortunately, that statistic has not changed much. Um, and, but I think, you know, we are, there's progress being made within the industry. I think there's a lot of awareness going on. Uh, when I joined the firm in 2013, uh, the firm had actually already kicked off what we call a women's leadership initiative. And through that initiative, we've put together programs um, specifically, you know, with the goal in mind of, uh, you know, helping our female professionals grow in their career. Because what you see in the industry is that you have, you know, young female professionals coming right out of, out of school typically. And then um, it's usually, you know, kind of at that five-year mark, um, just before they're being promoted to manager, that you see a lot of just kind of the numbers just fall off the cliff. Because it's about that time when we have these young female professionals who are looking to, you know, start a family and they're feeling pulled between, you know, obligations at home and obligations, you know, at the firm. And, and so we recognize that something, you know, we need to do something in order to keep um, these female professionals in the in public accounting and help them feel successful. So, Can you talk about some of those programs a little bit of, of what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So I think I mentioned the leadership development program, which is like a mentoring program where it is um, by application. So our you know, female professionals apply to participate in this program. It covers a whole two years. You're working directly with a mentor, which is one of the shareholders in the firm. And then we also have an outside consultant coach who works directly with um, the mentees, helping them put together their goals. And then we meet on you know, a regular basis, typically once a month over the two year period where like myself as a mentor meet with my mentee and we just keep them on track with their goals. And they're both personal and professional goals, right? Because the whole idea is that we're trying to figure out how do we make the two you know, work together so that people feel as though they can continue in their career. Oh, I was thinking about something else you said in the past um, about um, mentorship and how important that's been for you. Um, <laughs> and I, I forgot, I, I think you've had a, a couple mentors there, but I think you mentioned one in particular that started, uh, that pulled you along to um, networking events. And yeah. you want to like talk about kind of your your personal growth, you know, and, and professional growth at the firm and the things you think were very instrumental in, in that? Sure. Well, I actually, you know, I started my career in Portland at another firm um, in downtown and and stayed there for about five years and then went to Nike for a while, but quickly learned that public accounting is where my heart was at. And I went back to that firm that I started at. And, you know, I was really fortunate in that that firm, I had, you know, two mentors who were both senior partners. And one, you know, very early on in my career, you know, I, I just started, you know, built a relationship with him and was very curious about the business and asked lots of questions. And so he really took me under his wing, um, which, you know, I have to give him so much credit for because at that time, you know, it was a sizable firm and I was just a think, you know, maybe a second year staff accountant, um, but he took an interest and he was the one who started inviting me to these, you know, local networking events that would never have been on my radar. 
And I remember so, you know, vividly going to, I think it was the Mac Club where many of these events would be held, which is the Multnomah Athletic Club here in Portland. And I'd walk into, you know, typically it's a ballroom, right, where these networking events would be held. And, and there would be kind of the sea of maybe 50 to 100 people. And I'd be one of maybe five women. And the rest are, you know, at that time, I thought, you know, we're middle-aged old men who are probably younger than I am now. But um, at the time, it just, it didn't phase me um, because I just didn't see myself any different from them. And, and I'm sure the first time I attended, I was probably absolutely scared to death. And I'm sure I probably didn't speak much at all. But what was so great is my mentor, John, he, he didn't have that expectation of me. He just, you know, led me around and introduced me to his old friends and colleagues. And many of those people I, I know still today. And I know, you know, many of them have kind of helped me along in my career and helped me build my network and build my brand. But, you know, if it wasn't for that mentor, it would have been a rougher road. So that's one thing, you know, I recommend highly to whether, you know, they're female professionals or male young professionals is you've got to make, you know, make those connections and, and be curious and build the relationships because they'll be everlasting. And now, so that brings up something that's really interesting. So I was talking to Cheryl Osborne this week and she mentioned that she didn't really attend. Um, she, she uh, found, um, she's a founder and president of a construction company in Southern California. And she mentioned that, and, and she has kids the same age as, as us, uh, Tanya, you know, in the early twenties and, um, and so when, you know, she has, you know, kids and she didn't feel comfortable, I think going to some of the, the networking events, um, you know, with, with the kids at home and whatnot, and just really started doing that more as they got into high school and whatnot. And we talked a little bit about different phases and people's, I know you and I've talked about people being in different phases of their life and whatnot. So I'm, I'm curious if you have any advice for folks with, uh, with kids at home, um, you know, men, men or women and, you know, getting out and mixing it up and networking in order to, to help build your brand, to start a brand, yeah. to build your brand and, and grow. Yeah. Well, you know, I think fortunately that's one thing that has started to change a bit. Um, it seems like, and maybe there still is to some extent where those networking events are either, you know, very early in the morning or they're in the evening. And so, right. If you have children at home um, and have those obligations, that makes it, that kind of leaves you out. And so that's one thing that we have, you know, done at Geffen Mesher and with our women's leadership initiative is sort of create these social opportunities, networking opportunities that happen during the during regular work hours to give our female professionals that opportunity to network more. So we're typically, you know, working alongside with maybe another, you know, large law firm in town. Um, and, you know, we do a lot of work in the A&E space. So it might be working, you know, putting together an event where we're inviting women from, you know, those clients or with, um, you know, a bank or a, you know, um, wealth management group so that, you know, their women and our women have an opportunity to get to network together. And it doesn't have to be, you know, before or after regular work hours so that, you know, it works. That's fantastic advice. Um, and let me ask you on your, you know, as in, in your growth and in your journey, 
Um, you know, so you got out there and, and mixed it up with the Mac club. Would you, um, would you suggest, you know, a CPA group or industry group or all of the above just really, um, how do you suggest getting out and getting started to build your brand? You know, I, you're right. There are a lot of those opportunities. Um, but I really believe in the power of that, you know, really making a connection with a small group of people. Mm -hmm. So, and that's really how I started was, right, even though I, you know, was able to go to some of these networking activities, there was a lot that I had to miss out on. And so what I did was it was making those, you know, having those lunch meetings um, with a small group of people who I really built a strong community with and, and then, you know, we would just build off of each other, right? It's like, okay, making sure that this group of, there was about five or six of us, I can think of, you know, earlier in my career, maybe when I was a manager, who then we, you know, make, made that concerted effort to then provide each other referrals and make connections because we had a lot of confidence in one another. And so I think that works as well, right? It doesn't have to be going to all the big networking events. It's just finding that community and, and fostering it. Um, and having some consistency with it as well. You know, that's I think cool. that's, yeah, I, I think about the two of us, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think we just, you know, continue to foster that relationship. And I have a lot of confidence in you and your team. And that's why, you know, it's easy to talk to clients about brain and to just send them your way um, rather than I think the shotgun approach, right? Right, right. No, that's fantastic advice. You know, I um, often say, you know, one-on-one -on -one lunches and coffees and, you know, drinks and whatnot are just invaluable. Just, uh, you know, sometimes um, just build build those individual relationships because that's what it's about. Um, mm -hmm. Let's, let's um, dip into talent, okay? Um, one of the things you mentioned um, is around the five-year mark, on women, they tend to start families and, and whatnot, and maybe might take some time off from the workplace. Um, what are, and I, and I know we've talked about this before, but um, what are you currently doing and what's, what advice would you have for other professional service firms um, in attracting and retaining um, women um, to, you know, in the workplace in addition to, you know, promoting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a long time now, we've had customized work arrangements. So, you know, before everybody was remote, that may have meant, you know, working from home, you know, two to three days a week, um, working a reduced schedule. So we, I think we were already, you know, well positioned for our, our team to work remotely. And so that was an easy transition. And, and you're right. So now I'm starting to see you know, this transition of our, our team members being at home, you know, having to teach at home. And so honoring that flexibility that they may need where not everybody's working nine to five anymore, right? So some people start their day very early. Some people work later in the evening. But what's most important is that they're getting the job done and, and you know, meeting the client service needs that we have that for us are very deadline driven. Um, and I think that takes trust in your employees and it takes a lot of communication, right? But 
definitely have been doing a lot of interviewing over the last couple months, especially as we build up going into our tax season. And I'm interviewing people, you know, all across the country, um, a lot from Texas and Florida, New York, California. Um, so, and I'm consistently, I'm just hearing, you know, I'm, I'm listening to what it is they're looking for in a firm. Why are they making a change? Um, you know, everybody talks about culture, but it's, okay, how, you know, are you really honoring the culture that, that you're advertising? And I think with that comes that trust. Um, you know, there's accountability too, right? So it's trust on both sides and holding one another accountable and, and just, you know, showing that, yeah, I, I, I am fully responsible and I can get the work done. You know, it doesn't matter that maybe, you know, I take three hours out of the middle of the day because I need to do something with my children. Um, that's okay. Or, you know, have other response. Maybe I need to go for a walk, right? Um, right. Our health is so critical right now. Um, and mental health is so important. And, and hopefully, you know, we just can see, we see that continue to be as a trend. It should have been a concern from the beginning, but this, of course, this is all highlighted um, how important it is. Can you talk about, you know, you mentioned attracting folks and talking to folks from other states, um, you know, states like California, um, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, and Seattle are typically a little bit higher cost of labor um, areas. And even Manhattan, you may be talking to people out of, you know, New York as well. Um, how, how are y'all mixing in, you know, the different cost and, you know, versus, you know, pay rates that might, uh, we might see in, in Portland and Phoenix um, that are, you know, probably very similar as compared to these other coastal cities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. This is you know, a new challenge for all of us, right? Um, who have remote employees, and um, I think you know we're in the infancy of trying to figure this out. What I have found so far is that we've been able to you know continue to be competitive, um, even though we're working off of you know what what at one time was the Portland market. I don't know what the market is anymore. You know how do you define the market? That's something we need to work out. But just yesterday, you know, I spent quite a bit of time speaking with a candidate we have who lives in Southern California, works with one of the big four CPA firms, and, and, and she's a senior manager. Um, and and our, our compensation we're finding is actually, you know, it is lower than what she has right now because of that Cal, what was, you know, Southern California market. But that's not what's important to her. It's a factor, but we're finding that's not what's driving many of these decisions. Um, Are you finding people wanting to move to to Portland and in the area and 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 Oregon from from other other cities? No, uh, pre pandemic that was the case, but yeah. not any longer. Yeah, I don't know. He I I uh, saw read an article. I think it was just yesterday that you know, showed the map of the US and kind of what the population increase, decrease was with the, you know, it was trying to show the, the mobility, um, you know, within the country and where the concentration of that mobility is. And it looked as though, you know, most people were moving into Idaho. I, Idaho may have been number one. I think, you know, Montana was in there. Nevada, of course, was in there as I think in the top five, but 
you know, unfortunately, Washington and Oregon, we're seeing, you know, people leave um, for many different reasons. Right, right. Um, let me ask you to pull out your crystal ball and talk about the Build Back Better Act and wanted to get your thoughts on, on that and what you think, you know, now that Manchin is potentially back at the table, what this new refined bill may look like and uh, what we sh should maybe be anticipating uh, going forward. Sure. I felt like I would have had a better answer for you a few days ago, but yeah. <laughs> Every day it changes, I know. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there isn't a lot of focus by the lawmakers on this right at the moment. Yeah, I think they're focused on voting rights. So, you know, the longer this goes on, it feels as though some of the passion that was in, you know, some of the provisions of the act is, is diminishing a bit. You know, it, it caused a lot of, I think, heartache um, with planning at the end of 2021. Maybe, you know, some of your, your viewers will have felt it, but, you know, people are trying to figure out if they should get deals closed in the last quarter. Um, and as we saw this be delayed, that sense of urgency, you know, went away a bit. But I, I think at this point, you know, a lot of the hype has died down some. There are some major provisions in there that will impact our, you know, our clients significantly. But I think at this point, I am I'm hesitant to, to, you know, lock on to anything that I, you know, am aware of in the current version that's with the Senate, just because this keeps getting delayed. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, do you think, um, I mean, I guess there's an opportunity, they try to redo something similar, or maybe they slim it down with extenders and bare, bare basics, along with maybe some Voting Rights Act, something along there? Or? Yeah, um, you know, I don't know if for those who aren't familiar with what typically happens at the end of the year before, you know, Congress goes um, on holiday break or, or um, is that they usually try to pass all these, what we call extenders. So parts of the tax act or tax law that, you know, have sunsets where they expire. So we had, a, you know, a lot of provisions that expired on December 31st that typically Congress would have either extended those or, you know, address them as just letting them expire. And that didn't happen. So all of those, you know, we have a lot of provisions that in the tax act or tax law that did ex just, they just let go at the end of December. And so um, I think there are, as we go into planning for 2022, um, we're going to need some further guidance and clarity. But, you know, the conversation with clients always ends up being, well, here's what we know the law is today. Here's what we think, you know, potentially could change. And we run both scenarios and, you know, have a conversation so that, you know, our clients can make an educated decision and we just stay on top of it, you know, one day at a time and see, right. you know, what we think is likely to, to be passed. But Yeah, that, that's great advice. You know, having, having good quality conversations with your CPA is more important now um, than ever. Um, and then finally, you know, we're still in January, only six days into it. Um, what, what resolutions do you have for the year? Um, just like many, I think I'm going to try to be focused on, on my health. You know, it's my health and being physically active is always something that's been really important to me. But I'll admit the last two years, I think I've, you know, 
I've let myself work more than is healthy. And so I am committed to this summer. I live in the Columbia River Gorge and I'm going to get out there and kite surf as, as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, my, my husband reminds me I have to stay healthy so that I can take care of others knowing that's, you know, that's my core and that's what I work for. It's my value is to be able to take care of others. And um, so that's, that's incentive for me to personally stay healthy, to take care of others. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I know you work out as well. Uh, you do CrossFit and, uh, you said, uh, bench press is your favorite, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're gonna make me blush now, Brady. Um, yes, weight training has always been something that um, is really important and fun to me. Which you know, it seems kind of funny because I'm a you know five foot tall petite woman, but it goes back to high school and a area, you know, was able to compete in a weightlifting group we had with the high school, and that was a big thing you know, where I lived, and that just it carried on. And I think you know. I, participated in a lot of sports and I use as imagine you do too I, I use what I learned playing sports in high school and college to you know in what I do every day and leading the teams I love it I love it there, there's so many times I quote old coaches um, to the team um, for for my my resolution I'm putting a gym in um, in my garage and I started a meal prep so we'll see. Hopefully, we'll we'll keep it going throughout the year. So I still have to put the equipment together. So that'll that'll be. Oh, oh, great! Yeah, that's what we did this summer. Is we we built a, a weight room, um, lots of lots of bands as well. So free weights, bands. Uh, I could give you yeah, plenty of ideas there. Well, I'll definitely be calling you on that. I'll definitely be calling you on that. Um, so Tanya, thank you so much uh, for your time today. I know everybody's going to love this. Um, and, and it really is, I think, so timely, you know, on helping, um, you know, women progress in the workplace and, you know, learn how to, you know, network and, um, you know, seek out mentorship. I think that's huge. Um, and also, you know, I think this does reflect on, you know, the, the to be the the mentors out there the future mentors you know grabs you know call somebody call one of your employees and take them out to a networking event with you um, engage with the employees I think that's huge and at some point somebody did that for you right and so I think um, a lot of us could be doing the same thing if if we hope to get future Tanya Gitches out there so um no, I appreciate it. This is great. Is there any any other things that you want to mention before we jump off or um, last um, advice for for young young professionals um, looking to learn and progress in the workplace? Yeah, I guess I would just say don't be too hard on yourself and be curious. Right. Um, and and just build those relationships so that you can can you know start to build your brand. But you have to take that first step forward and. You know, um, and that take sometimes that takes being bold. You know, we were talking about things we you know learned from sports, and one thing I learned from my uh, high school basketball coach is is the superwoman pose, which maybe you haven't heard of, but you know, I think um, oh, it helps a lot of professional women. Um, they may be familiar with it, but you, you stand in front of the mirror in a superwoman pose before you go out on the court. 
And uh, I've used that plenty of times when I'm going into difficult meetings or or into you know in a place where I'm uncomfortable. So try this. I love it. I love it. I <laughs> it think works. it's fantastic. It works. I, yeah. I've heard that um, you know, like they just call it like the superhero. Put you put your hands on your hips and yeah, I think it's great. Um, okay, great. I do it. I do it. I, so I guess I do the Superwoman pose as well, Superman pose. So I'll call it the Superman pose. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much, Tanya. I think that's great advice. Um, I, I love it. Bold, uh, being bold, fortune favors the bold. And on that note, I do want to thank you, everyone, for joining Brady's Corner today. Please make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to reach out to Tanya, um, let us know. We'll have her contact information so you can reach out to her. And uh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.